Kids. Friends, let's get right to the gameplay to start this week. There are some pretty awful villains in our Come Follow Me reading this week. So we thought it would be fun to start our time together with a Guess the Disney Villain game. Can you guess the bad guy's name by just the sound of their voice? And now look at me, wasted away to practically nothing. Banished and exiled and practically starving. Poor unfortunate souls in pain, in need. Well, forgive me for not leaping for joy. Bad back, you know. And injustice deliciously swag. About time you got your head out of those books and paid attention to more important things. Like me. I'm especially good at expectorating My only true love, darling, I live for furs. I worship furs. After all, is there a woman in all this wretched world who doesn't? Look in that mirror. You know what I see? I see a strong, confident, beautiful young lady. <laughs> oh, look, you're here too. <laughs> Mother! You and I both know the real power in this world ain't magic. It's money. You're in my world now, not your world. And I got friends on the other side. Okay, let's introduce you to one of the villains in the New Testament this week. His name is Saul. After Jesus died, the apostles called more men to help lead the church. And one was a righteous man named Stephen. He was full of faith and the Holy Ghost, and he did great wonders and miracles among the people. He taught the gospel to many people. Some wicked people lied, and they said that Stephen spoke against Jewish law, but that wasn't true. They took him to be tried by the Jewish leaders. Stephen told the leaders that they were wicked. He said that they had killed Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This man ceases not to speak blasphemous words. Are these things so? Men, ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do ye. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which shewed before the coming of the just, of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers. While he testified, Stephen's face lit up like an angel. Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then Stephen looked up into heaven and he saw Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. When he told the leaders what he saw, they were very angry. They took Stephen out of the city to kill him by throwing stones at him. 
they've laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. As Stephen was dying, he asked God to take his spirit up to heaven. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Stephen also asked God to forgive those who were killing him. Then he fell asleep and died. We'll talk more about that young man, Saul, in a little bit. But what can we learn from Stephen about being a follower of Jesus Christ? Well, first, if we are full of faith, we have the Holy Ghost with us, and we can do miraculous things. And second, we can follow Jesus Christ by standing for the right. How did Stephen stand for the right? Stephen taught about Jesus Christ, even though it made the Jewish leaders very angry. Satan will try to tempt you to not do what's right by making it seem hard, but you'll be blessed for doing so. Our friend Evan is going to share several scenarios of what he does to stand for the right. Hi, I'm Evan. I live in Ireland and I like to play a game called hurling. It's an Irish sport that's like field hockey. A new boy at school bullied my sisters. I stepped between them and protected my sisters. I also obey the word of wisdom. Many students at school drink tea and coffee. When someone offers me tea, I say, no thank you. I go to a Catholic school. My sisters and I are the only students who are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. When my grandma was sick, I asked her teacher if I could say a prayer for her. Everyone in the class folded their arms and bowed their heads. I said a prayer out loud in front of the class. I make goals to keep doing what is right. I help my parents take care of my sisters. When my sisters are scared, I play with them until they forget they are afraid. One time when my parents were away, I told my sister stories until she fell asleep. My friends at school see that I'm happy. I set a good example by not swearing or taking the Lord's name in vain. I can also be an example in my family. Evan's tips for standing tall. It takes courage to live the gospel. One, don't give up. Two. Listen to the Holy Ghost. He will guide you. Three, remember that helping other people have the gospel will make their lives happier. Thanks, Evan. Don't forget, guys, being a witness of Jesus Christ is included in the promises we make at baptism. And if we love Jesus and keep our covenants with him, we will have peace and happiness in this life and in the life to come. Want to have a chariot race? We have two different chariots here. We're going to describe each of them to you. You get to pick your favorite, and then we'll race them and see if yours wins. Chariot number one has two beautiful, strong chocolate brown horses. The ornamental wooden yoke that attaches the horses together has an image of a lion carved into it. The body of the chariot is painted gold and purple, and the wheel rims have spikes coming out of them. Chariot number two has two fast-as-lightning white stallions. The ornamental wooden yoke that attaches the horses has olive branch images carved into it. The body of the chariot is painted silver and blue, and the wheel spokes are wrapped in leather for extra strength. Which chariot do you choose? Chariot number one? or chariot number two. Okay, let's see how your chariot's gonna do in this race. Chariot racers, start your horses. On your marks, get set, go! <laughs> Last I am 
and they're off. The chocolate brown horse is taking a strong <laughs> And the two white horses are trying to catch up. Oh no, one of the white horses has lost the wheel. Oh, he's taking a little Roman pit stop to replace it. The chocolate brown horse is weaving through the course. Amazing! It looks like this record is in the books, folks. And the white horse is catching up fast. Who's gonna win? It's too close to call! What an amazing race this has been today! think the chariot for one of the top advisors under the queen of Ethiopia would look like. We're going to learn his story now. One day, an angel from God appeared to Philip. Go to the desert road that leads to the city of Gaza. Okay. While Philip was walking down the road, he saw a man from Ethiopia sitting on a chariot. God told Philip to go talk to him. Excuse me, do you understand what you're reading? How can I unless someone explains it to me? Who is this land this verse is talking about? It says his life was taken away. What's that mean? I can tell you. Philip explained to the man that it was Jesus he was reading about, and that Jesus loved us so much that he died and came back to life so we could be friends with God. Look, here's water. Is there any way I can get baptized? You bet, follow me. Philip baptized the man from Ethiopia. But right when the man came out of the water, Philip disappeared. The Holy Spirit teleported Philip out of the desert and into a completely different city. Have you heard about Jesus? The man from Ethiopia never saw Philip again, but he was so thankful to God for sending Philip to tell him about Jesus. So Philip followed the promptings of the Spirit. He doesn't know why he's supposed to do it, but he just starts walking south into the desert because he knows that's what the Holy Ghost is telling him to do. And then he sees this huge chariot, this huge caravan. This guy was really important. He was in charge of the whole treasury for the Queen of Ethiopia. He had status and wealth and this huge entourage. What do you think Philip was supposed to do? That would be so intimidating. But guess what? Philip ran. He didn't run away, he ran towards it. And guess what he saw? The Ethiopian man was struggling to understand the scriptures. And the man said, how can I understand what I'm reading except some man guide me? And that's just like people we know. How are they gonna understand that the Book of Mormon is the word of God? How are they gonna understand that Christ's church is established again here on the earth unless someone guides them, unless someone tells them? Just like Philip did. The man felt the spirit so strongly that he got baptized immediately. It's easy to assume some people aren't interested in the church, like this wealthy Ethiopian. But guess what? As soon as Philip ta talked to him and taught him, he wanted to be baptized immediately. The only reason this happened was because Philip lived worthy to have the Holy Ghost with him, and he listened to its promptings. Just like Philip, 
the Holy Ghost can inspire us to share the gospel with others. Have you guys ever had an experience with the Holy Ghost like that? Hi, I'm Charity, and one thing that I love, 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 love to do is share my testimony whenever I can. I know that Jesus is real and that he lives. My name is Hans Lynn. I am 10 years old and from Somerville, South Carolina. The time I bore the test, my testimony was during family home evening. My name is Tide. I am six years old. I felt the Holy Ghost tell me to share the gospel with my friends. Hi, my name is Reef and I'm eight years old. A time I felt the Holy Ghost tell me to share the gospel is during fast testimony meeting. Hello, my name is Trey and I'm 10 years old and I'm from Arizona. T tonight I did decided to throw my pizza with my sister and I knew that was what Jesus Christ would do. Hi, my name is Reagan. I'm eight years old and I'm from Arizona. One way I can show my testimony is when I was feeling overwhelmed, I went to my room to read my scriptures. Reading my scriptures helps me know that Jesus loves me and he will help me when I need help and that he loves me and he understands what I'm feeling and that he's gone through those hard, hard feelings too. Thanks guys. Remember, the Holy Ghost can help us tell others about Jesus. Make sure you keep the spirit with you always and miracles will happen. Okay guys, let's get back to our chariots. It's road trip time. We're gonna play the game Wrong Roads. There are two different destinations. You can choose to drive to either Yellowstone National Park or the Florida Keys. Where do you wanna go? Addie is gonna tell you the directions. See if you can remember them and you can get to your destination properly. It might be best to work as a team so you can help each other remember the directions. Okay, if you choose to drive to Yellowstone, you need to remember these directions. Take Route 66 to I-15 and exit on your left. Once you pass the logging mill, turn right. Turn right again once you pass the Owl Sanctuary. Drive straight past the wildfire. Then, when you hear Old Faithful erupting, turn left and you are there. If you want to go to the Florida Keys, you have to remember these directions. Take Route 66 to I-95 and exit on your right. Once you pass the cattle ranch, turn left. Turn left again when you pass the aquarium. Drive straight past the shark diving boat. Then when you hear the Beach Boy sing about Key Largo, turn right and you are there. You can rewind the podcast if you need to hear the directions again. Ready? Put your hands on your wheel. And good luck. To enter I-15, exit to your left now. To enter I-95, exit to your right now.
Okay guys, if you're driving down the road and you realize you're going the wrong way, what do you do? Make a U-turn. That's right, and it's the same in life. If we find out we're going down the wrong path, we can change and turn around too. That brings us back to our villain, Saul. The book of Acts explains that Saul wreaked havoc among the church. He put all the followers of Christ that he could in prison, including women. He threatened the apostles, and he killed the followers of the Lord. He was a bad dude. Heavenly Father invites all of us to repent and change. Do you think a guy like Saul is capable of something like that? Let's listen to his story now. When you read the Bible, there's a guy that really stands out, a man named Paul. Paul was a missionary who wrote the books of Romans, Galatians, and many others in the Bible. But what's really incredible is Paul's story before he became a follower of Jesus. He was a very different person. His name wasn't even Paul. It was Saul, and he hated anyone who followed Jesus. Saul tried to do what was right by following the old laws, but he believed anyone who followed Jesus was wrong. So he chased down Christians and captured them. One day, Saul was given permission to go to a town called Damascus and arrest any followers of Jesus that he found there. But an incredible event happened on the road to Damascus. As Saul got closer to the city, a bright light shone from heaven, blinding him. He dropped to the ground and heard a loud voice coming from the sky. Saul, Saul, why are you out to get me? Who are you? I am Jesus, the one you think is wrong. Get up and go to the city. Then you will be told what you need to do next. Saul got up from the ground, but he was blind. He couldn't see anything. He was led to Damascus by his men, but for three full days, he was blind and didn't eat or drink anything. Now in that city, there was a man who followed Jesus. His name was Ananias. He also heard the voice of Jesus. Ananias, go to the house where Saul is. Place your hands on him so he will be able to see again. Ananias was scared because he knew Saul had a bad reputation. He knew Saul hated Christians like him, but the Lord said, Go, Saul is the man I have chosen to share my good news. So Ananias went to the house where Saul was staying. He put his hands on him and prayed for God to restore Saul's sight. Immediately, Saul could see again. He quickly chose to follow Jesus, got baptized, 
and regained his strength with some food. Saul stayed in that city and began to share God's good news with everyone. People knew he was the man who used to hate God and Christians, but they saw that now he was different. God had transformed him. He was no longer the Saul that didn't believe in Jesus. Now he was Paul, who spent the rest of his life serving God. Okay, before we talk about Saul, let's talk about Ananias first. Saul, because he was a bad dude, had a letter that he could arrest any Christian, including Ananias. And Ananias knew this, but he went anyways. He was so brave and willing to trust the Lord. And then get this, the first words out of his mouth to Saul was, brother, the Lord Jesus sent me. Pretty amazing guy, Ananias. Um, now back to Saul, or should we call him Paul? Well, just for fun, let's all change the first letter of our names. What will your new name be? Isaac could be Pisaac or Frysic. Lysic. Addie could be Batty or Flatty. Taddy. Elsie could be Belsie or Welsie. Nelsie. What about you? What would your new name be? When Jesus told Saul to stop persecuting the Lord's church, Saul immediately repented and changed. His name was changed to Paul, and he went on to do amazing things for the church. This part of his story helps us to know that we can quickly change when we make a mistake. Have you ever gotten in a fight with your brother or sister, and then your mom tells you to stop? Satan might tempt you to act grouchy, pow, or blame your sibling. But Jesus wants us to see we made a mistake, say sorry, and change. Everyone will be happier if we quickly change when we make a mistake. That's true. Repentance is like getting back on the right road, and we're always happier on the covenant path. Here's what Elder Christensen said about repentance. I testify that Jesus Christ is the Savior and Redeemer of the world. I know that He loves each of us. His singular focus, His work and His glory, is to help us receive a fullness of joy in Him. I am a personal witness that repenting daily and coming unto Jesus Christ is a way to experience joy, joy beyond our imagination. Okay, last game. This is the change game. So Saul became Paul. For this change game, we're gonna have you fill in the blanks for things that change. We'll start off easy and get harder as we go. And remember, it's okay if you miss some. This is just for having fun. For each right answer you get, we will give you five cents in change. Ready to fill in the blanks? A tadpole changes into a frog. A caterpillar changes into a butterfly. A snowman in the summer changes into a puddle. Wait, wait, wait. A snowman in the summer changes into a happy snowman. Oh yeah, that's right, sorry. Uh, Princess Tiana changes into... A frog! Summer changes into... Fall! An acorn grows into an... 
oak. Merida's mom turns into a bear. Cole changes into a diamond. The contents of a mermaid's purse turns into a shark. Just like all of those things that change, people can change too. Let's listen to one last story. Many people in Samaria heard and believed the gospel. They were baptized, but they did not have the Holy Ghost. Peter and John went to Samaria. They laid their hands on people's heads and gave them the gift of the Holy Ghost. A man named Simon saw Peter and John giving people the gift of the Holy Ghost. Simon knew that the two apostles could give people the gift of the Holy Ghost because they had the priesthood. He wanted the priesthood too. He offered Peter and John money for it. Peter told Simon that no one can buy the priesthood. God gives it to righteous men. Peter knew that Simon was not righteous. He told him to repent. Satan promotes the message that material things bring us blessings. That means having lots and lots of stuff can make us happy. But we all know that spiritual things bring us the most joy. The priesthood is a priceless gift from God. Why can't we receive the priesthood by buying it? We have to live righteously and follow the commandments to be worthy of the gift of the priesthood. So if you can't buy the priesthood, how does someone really receive priesthood authority. Do you guys remember the fifth article of faith? Say it with us now. We believe that a man must be called of God by prophecy and by the laying on of hands by those who are in authority to preach the gospel and administer in the ordinances thereof. The sacrament, temple blessings, baptism, and other blessings we receive through the priesthood cannot be bought with money. They are priceless! There was a righteous woman named Tabitha who always helped the widows. And when she died, Peter used the priesthood to heal her and bring her back to life. The priesthood blessings available to us are amazing. They are more valuable than anything we could buy because they are eternal. Material possessions from this earth don't come with us to heaven, but our blessings like eternal families will. My dad just retired. He's worked his whole life to save up enough money so he could stop working. And guess what he said at his retirement party? After everyone had left, he said, you know what guys, the most important things in this life are your family and your friends. And it's true, because you can't take anything else with you to heaven. So the blessings we receive by the priesthood for living worthily, like being sealed to our families forever, they're priceless. This week, we challenge you to be like Stephen and stand for what's right. To be like Philip and listen to the Holy Ghost. To be like Ananias and trust the Lord. And to be like Paul and change quickly when we make a mistake. That's what we have for this week. Would you like to be a guest on our podcast? If so, have your parents email us at comefollowmekidspodcast at gmail.com. And we'll send you an assignment for a future week. 
Thanks for listening, and until next time... Stay on the Comrade Cast!